up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Chris, what is that delicious looking cocktail you have there? Uh, it's it's actually just for nut. Oh, okay. It looks delightful. Tell, what, tell no, me about it's that. It's good. It, this is actually Leopold Brothers for nut, which is uh, a Denver distillery. So it's not... It's not as bitter as like Fernet Branca, but it's still, you know, that super like spicy complex beverage. Uh, yeah. So it's like not quite as bitter forward, like just a little more balance. I, I think it is. Yeah. It, it definitely has a lot of the spice still. Um, maybe kind of like, yeah, like clove, cinnamon. Uh, honestly, it, especially once I think about it, like I can't get the idea out of my head, but it kind of tastes a little bit like the smell of old spice. Oh, okay. but like in the best of ways. <laughs> I guess as good as as good as Old Spice on the rocks can be. Okay, you know the Old Spice body wash. Did you ever get that? Uh, which one? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, okay, I didn't know there were other kinds, but you know, just like the I, I guess we'll call it the Pure Sport. That's what I would always get. You know, it's just a, it comes in a large red bottle and it, it's body wash and it okay. smells yeah. great, works yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Well, so one day I go and buy another bottle because I was out and wasn't really paying attention and just grabbed one and, and I go home and taking a shower, you know, doing my thing, doing what dudes do in the shower. And I'm like, what the, what is that? And I look down at this bottle and it, it's, it's Old Spice, but it, come to think of it, it's like the original logo of the Old Spice. <laughs> and I smell it and I'm like, wait a second, this is like the original Old Spice fragrance. And so I read the bottle and it says, don't diss the original. If your grandfather hadn't have worn it, you wouldn't exist. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So that's a true story. That actually happened to me. And I immediately threw it away because I couldn't handle it. It was too much for you, huh? Yeah, it was very spicy. Yeah, it is. It was very frenetic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, lathering on my body just made me think of frenet. Well, at least it's not the other way around. I don't know if that, I don't know. That's sure. Different. I don't know. So <laughs> ne- ne- next time. From now on, the you're going to be enjoying that drink and you're just going to think of me lathering up. Yep. No, no, no. Ne- next time, next time we'll it. have that together. Not the lathering, the, the frenet. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe, right. maybe that too. I don't know. Sometimes you need a helping hand. <laughs> okay. To like, Great. to like wash your back or scratch your back. Sure. That's like a phrase, right? Like you scratch my back, whatever. Like it translates to washing, I'm sure. Speaking of scratching backs, I have to give a shout out. One of my very best friends, his name is also Chris. I'm sorry, I've actually been cheating on you with him, but he is a huge fan of the show. He lives in Orlando. And like Chris literally texts me like after every episode saying what he loved about it, um, what he hated about it, which is never anything because he's just a really, really nice guy. Well, anyways, Chris, Chris is from the Midwest. Like I said, he lives in Orlando now, but he has this chili recipe, and don't freak out. He always includes a cinnamon roll with the chili. All right, on the side? Yeah, on the side. And so I was thinking, like, okay, you eat your bowl of chili, and then you get to enjoy a cinnamon roll afterward. Maybe there's, like, a nice, you know, contrast of flavors there. You start with the spicy chili and with the sweet cinnamon roll. You're just being efficient, like, you know, getting dinner out with dessert at the same time. Sure, but that's not (laughs) what he does. He actually takes a cinnamon roll, and he dips it in the chili, as if it were a slice of cornbread. Are you kidding me? Okay, got to be honest. Chris, so I, Chris. I kind of have some concerns with that one. Okay, I, I, I don't know if I'm as concerned about 
chili tasting ever so slightly like like cinnamon roll, but cinnamon roll that kind of tastes like chili. I don't know, just like a, like a tomato cinnamon roll. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> right. Well, I was thinking like a cumin cinnamon roll. Okay, yeah. Like a red bean cinnamon roll or ground beef cinnamon roll. Come on. That's... Yeah, like a sausage Chelsea bun. I I know there's a phrase about, you know, not knocking things till you try them, but uh, I don't know if I have the courage for that one. <laughs> it says it's the best thing since chili without a cinnamon roll. Okay. Well, okay. Well, speaking of things that we haven't tried, you've probably tried this because you're so cultured. But some friends of ours invited us over for dinner. They're really great. I, I love the Valley Girl in that film. <laughs> really great people. Their names, okay. Really great people. Their names are Matt and Elise. And Elise says to me, "Hey, why don't you guys come over for dinner? We're gonna make pierogies, and we want you to roll the pierogies with us, and then we'll cook them together, and then we'll eat them together, and it'd be like this really fun." family affair. And I'm like, this sounds amazing. So family goes over there. We make some pierogies and these were, these were unlike anything I've ever had. They were stuffed with potatoes and cheese and then fried in like an onion oil. And it was super, super good. We eat the pierogies kind of wrapping up dinner. And I say, at least those were so good. I, I can't remember the last time I had a good Polish meal. And Chris, she gets this serious look on her face. She looks me dead in the eye and she says, we're Ukrainian. Okay, so here's the thing. Pierogies are Polish, too. I feel like pierogies are maybe even more Polish than Ukrainian. You coming to my defense, Chris? Yes, Phil. And I'll, I'll, I'll take that other Chris out, too. But, uh, <laughs> no, so, like, my, my, my wife's family on her dad's side, they're Polish, and they have, like, some Polish traditions. And that's actually one of them that on, on Christmas Eve they have pierogies. They have, like, a, a Polish, like, dinner. So they have pierogies and uh, this other thing that they call holopkis. Super good. So, like, a character in the Avengers? Probably. So yeah, that's totally a Polish thing, Phil. Okay. It's, it's like an Eastern okay. European thing, right? Yeah, definitely an Eastern European. Okay. So if your family's Polish and you and they kind of grew up, I'm sorry, your wife's family's Polish and they grew up eating pierogies, are they kind of purists? Like they have to be done a certain way? Kind of. They're definitely into like the tradition. Yeah. Do they ever sway from tradition? Like would they, I don't know, put uh, bacon in it? Uh, I don't know. I could see that being really good. Honestly, like... Pierogies are fine. If they're like a little bit more crispy, they got they got like a little bit more browned. I could see I could see bacon definitely elevating that thing. Like mm-hmm. definitely, that'd be really good. Yeah, actually, I feel like might need to suggest that for one of these upcoming Christmases. I mean, that actually sounds really good. Like bacon, it's kind of like a baked potato inside of uh, some fried dough. What is not to yeah, like about that? Is, actually. actually. That's right, pretty good. Right, right. That sounds that sounds pretty good. Well, what would they do? Would they do like sauerkraut in theirs? So, like they they make them with onions, I do believe, and my wife's probably going to correct me. But uh, they ha- they have something else that they make with it. They they call it a halobki, and so it's like a, a cabbage leaf with. I want to say it's, I think it's rice and ground beef inside of that. And then they kind of like lay them out and put a tomato sauce over all of that and bake it. So they do that. And then some, there are like some Polish sweetbreads that they eat as well. I think they save the sauerkraut for New Year's. I would 1,000% eat 1,000 of those on New Year's. 1,000? Bonus if it has bacon. Uh, but yeah, bacon is fantastic to add to other things, Phil. Yeah, you know, bacon is the best. Bacon's cool. I know, I know, I know that bacon is a little bit of a trend and a trend that's maybe past. I don't know. I don't want to jump on the, you know, like bacon maple donuts trend train, bacon maple donuts train. 
that, that one. I think bacon stands on its own. Like as a thing, bacon has merit. So just because it's a little bit of a trend, I don't think we can, I don't think we should throw it out. With the bacon grease water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, bacon. We talked about it a couple days ago. Yeah, we touched on that a little bit. But that lovely interview we had a couple days ago. Our dearest Daniel Benjamin. Good old Dan Benjamin. Yeah. And we obviously kind of replaced that with our one of our normal in the kitchen episodes. Curious to know what the what the response is. Is it is it okay to do maybe more of our interviews on on Tuesdays? Kind of mixed in with those in the kitchen episodes. Do people like them on Thursdays? I don't know. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I, I know we had talked about possibly doing that, and I think I think it could be interesting. So maybe instead of like just the in the kitchens on Tuesdays, like Tuesdays are our special episodes. I guess I don't know. I don't know what else to call it. It sounds kind of lame, but our normal episodes could could be on Thursdays. I think I like it. We'll try it. Yeah. Some interviews here. Well, I don't want to pull away from these types of yeah. episodes, like to have once a week where you and I just get to completely make fools of ourselves. And those are those are sacred, Chris. Sacred. <laughs> yes. Yes. The other Chris doesn't get that. <laughs> but I did ask you <laughs> a question at the end of that last episode. And I feel like you kind of brushed by it. You weren't sure. I've been doing some thinking. Okay. So I want to ask you again. I don't remember the question. Is so, yeah. bacon overrated? Overrated? No, no, no. I, I thought I, I thought I answered that. Well, I don't think it's overrated, but I you, think as a trend, it's annoying to be honest. But I don't think it's overrated. Okay. Well, here's here's my position. Okay. Bacon is delicious, and I love bacon, and I will continue loving bacon. But it is overrated because, like, this bacon mania culture is just getting a little absurd with it. It's kind of like uh, you you like a good IPA, right? Sure. Yeah. Especially like a, like okay. a, like a nice hazy. Some of these hipsters. Yeah are making IPAs as absolutely as hoppy as they can just because that's, like, the thing to do. Like, oh, I'm going to make it so hoppy. No, that beer sucks. Like, balance it out. Like, let's, <laughs> let's have a drinkable ale, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like bacon is maybe going the way of the IPA, slowly going the way of the buffalo. <laughs> it's <laughs> people are putting bacon in everything. Well, I think they, like, I think they you were. You can go to a speakeasy and you're going to probably have a cocktail that has bacon in it. You're going to go to your local patissier and they're going to have a donut with bacon on it. Like you mentioned the maple bacon donut. And I mean, okay, but do we do we have to do it in everything? Do we have to? I mean, you can like, you can get a bacon milkshake at the Applebee's. And I know how much you love Applebee's. So, Phil, I, th- I think that's your answer right there. When Applebee's is doing something, you're like way on the tail end of a trend. So I think it's it's already kind of played itself out. I, they have kind of a good blondie. Have you ever had their blondie? I can't say I have. Wait, do, do you know what a blondie is? Do you is? still have Applebee's here? Uh, all of ours closed down. Okay. I don't know if yours did. Wouldn't surprise me. Probably. I don't know the last time I saw an Applebee's, Phil. But yeah, I think I think the I feel like the trend has has kind of like we're, we're way on the tail end of it, and probably for the better, really. But I think bacon on its own can stand on its own, and I don't think that's overrated. Right. That's what I want to get back to. Yeah. I mean, because I love bacon, I don't love everything with bacon. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think I think bacon can be absolutely fantastic. And just so we're clear, I guess, because we do we do have a, a smattering of overseas listeners. We we are talking about American bacon here, Phil. Yes. Okay. Good point. There are some distinctions. Let's see. What do we have? The American bacon. If if I'm not mistaken, does it come from the belly? 
Yes. Yeah. 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 So yes, the, the, okay. the bacon that we're talking about is, is pork belly bacon. Uh, so I feel like when, when we were over in England, we heard it referred to as streaky bacon just mm-hmm. because of the fat content, like the higher fat content where the bacon that, you know, like a British bacon is going to be from the back of the pig, I think. So it doesn't have that, yeah, that, I believe same, that, is correct. that same, uh, fat content as our bacon over here. And it's also not really cut in the same way either. Right, isn't it kind of like a little bit more round, almost like a slice of ham in a way? Yeah, I guess what we would think of as a slice of ham. Right. At least that's how I had it over there. I wonder what they would think of as a slice of ham. So many different names for everything. Yeah. Like, Jesus, 2021, can we finally start calling it a cigarette? That's actually not my material. That's that's a joke from Ted Lasso. Love that show. Fantastic show. So good. The best. Yep. So yeah, Phil, actually, I think that the American style of bacon is maybe a little bit closer to pancetta than like British back bacon. That seems like a pretty fair comparison. You know, both being pork belly, which mm-hmm. I feel like pork belly is one of those things that can be like absolutely amazing or really questionable. But that's that's like a whole other <laughs> For sure. show or topic or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I had some ramen not too long yeah. ago and it had pork belly in it. Who doesn't love pork belly and ramen? It was like really chewy. And Dude, it can get so gristly. Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Honestly, like I just ate the noodles. Can't, I'm going to eat this uh, lovely soft boiled egg and these noodles that I just paid $18 for. You can keep the pork belly. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. But I do love pancetta. When, when it's good, it's amazing. great. But yes, pancetta is a favorite of mine too. Maybe, I know we've talked about carbonara a few times, but may, maybe oh, like solely due to carbonara. That's, that's where my love for pancetta came, I think. Yep. Carbonara is one of those dishes that had I not met you, I probably wouldn't have been able to enjoy. Which is sad. So good. So yeah, pancetta, pork belly as well. Like our uh, American streaky bacon. As far as 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 far as 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 Phil. As far as 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 far as the differences between those two go. Which one do you like better? Like how do, how do you how do you compare the two? Pancetta and streaky bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I will probably say. Okay, question: If yeah. you were to take a bunch of raw bacon, streaky bacon, pork belly, streaky bacon, and chop that up, do you not have pancetta? What do you mean chop it up? It's like cube it, dice it. Okay. I mean, it's the same same kind of meat, though. Not all that dissimilar. Are you setting me up? Is that what you're doing? No, I want to know. <laughs> okay. Like, is that... <laughs> well, no, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're super similar. There is a little bit of a difference, though, actually. So what we think of as bacon, which maybe should we just refer to it as bacon since, like, it's bacon... Sure. Yeah. Um, right. So I think that's fair. yeah. Bacon versus pancetta. You know, bacon is well. They're both pork belly, so they both have like the same type of fat content and richness to them. But I think the biggest difference between bacon and pancetta is like how they're prepared. Bacon is usually smoked. I think I think bacon's always smoked, like different different hardwoods and stuff. But it's smoked and pancetta is cured. So it's gonna be it's okay. gonna be salt cured, probably with some other things in there as well, you know, different types of herbs or whatever. I don't, I don't actually know the specific recipe things that are going on in a, in a pancetta, but I think it's also dried for a little bit. So actually like a bacon, you're, it's raw. It's, it's smoked, but not like thoroughly cooked. So it's, 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 yeah, it's sure. raw. You're going right. to want to cook it. But a pancetta, you can, you can eat cooked or not. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I think maybe the biggest thing that 
is is different between the two and kind of like the biggest difference that they're going to bring to a dish is that bacon is going to more likely than not have that little bit of smokiness. And I think, you know, as being America and whatever is maybe often going to skew towards the sweet side of things, uh, where pancetta is, is going to bring in a little bit more saltiness to a dish. So I think both are still bringing that like savory richness, uh, just because it's it's that pork belly. You have a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. But yeah, I th- I, th- I think like smoky smoky sweet versus salty is at least what I kind of think of as the difference in terms of what they're going to actually bring to a dish. You know, if they're if you're not just eating it on its own. Sure. So I think I'm on team pancetta based on that whole description. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's hard. I think it depends on what you're doing because, like, there are some things that are just absolutely strictly bacon, though, right? Like a BLT. Mm, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. like, you could try and put pancetta on a BLT. Okay, wait a second. I don't know if I've ever seen—I'm going to sound really, really dumb, but I, I think I always thought that pancetta was always chopped, which is what led to my question before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you were to right, just chop right, right, a bacon, right, yeah, yeah. would it be pancetta? Yeah, like the, the small cubes. Yeah. I feel like you can you can buy it not cubed. And I think that might be like an American okay. thing, just the small cubes. I don't know, like all of that kind of kind of kind of comes back to that that like is bacon overrated. I think it's it comes down to how you think of it. I think maybe we don't think of bacon as an additive ingredient as much as we should. I don't know. It seems like bacon always has to be the rock star of something, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it can add a lot more in some interesting ways. Maybe maybe like a pancetta. Maybe 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 sure. bacon should should like just tone it down a little bit ego wise and and figure out what pancetta's doing. Yeah, it's just got way too big of a head. Yeah. No, I mean I'm just thinking about like even even the bacon grease, whether you're specifically rendering down some some of that bacon fat to say like cook vegetables in or something, which I do have to say is absolutely an incredible way to, to do things, to cook things, whether that's like onions or something else. I mean, that's one thing that I don't know if, did, did Dan talk about like what to do with the bacon grease? He did not. Because and I think, I think, did you, there's something missing there, Did you there, grow Phil. up with, yeah, did you grow up with like a mason jar underneath the sink? Yeah, I, full we of said. really, really Which nasty Which is disgusting, stuff. first of all. Yeah, like I was, I, I thought mean, it was a monster. That's like so gross. Because. Like a layered monster. I'm, I'm pretty sure that like that grease is actually perishable. So it's just hanging out under the sink. It's like super nasty. Somewhere along the way, our ancestors believed that baking grease was non-perishable. And they would just leave. They would just continue to add layer upon layer. And it was always different colors. Did you ever notice oh, yeah. that? Yeah. I wonder why. Was it, was it like... I mean, probably like different temperatures. The bacon. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So everybody just sucked at consistency is what you're saying. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's like you don't want to clog up your drain, so it makes sense that you would store that. Yeah. Uh, what I think I hear you saying is that that's like, it's like a really good way to cook other things. Like forget about the Pam. Forget Pam. Use bacon grease. Yeah, Phil. So what I think I hear you saying is, I, I don't know, I just <laughs> wanted to say that. I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, Pam, the things from my childhood what even was right? Pam made of it's like aerosol plastic yeah i mean okay so butter is like the absolute ideal if you're gonna use anything but right when i'm when i'm trying not to like horrify my wife i'll, I'll bust out a little olive oil bacon grease i think oh come can on easily That's be the up best. there but why did we stop using i don't understand better than butter i think there's a lot that you can use that bacon grease for and it's gonna add a lot of flavor too so like that that shia recipe that we were talking about not too long ago so right. some bourguignon. Sure. Bacon. 
Yes. Every time I made it, it there was there was a rendered bacon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same with the kukava. So I think I think bacon, yes, it's really good on things like a BLT, which is that's one of my favorites. Got to be honest. I, I love a BLT. Toasted or untoasted? Uh, it depends on whether or not I want to have like shredded flaps of skin hanging from the top of my mouth for the next couple of days. What? <laughs> like eating the toasted bread, it like cuts the top of your mouth. Right. I've never had that happen right? once. Okay, mayonnaise or no mayonnaise on your BLT? Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah, same. I, th- I think a, a BLT is one of those things that highlights your ingredients. And so I think it's one of those things that, that puts your ingredients under a microscope in a way. I, th- I, think, th- I think the three main ingredients for me are going to be your bacon, your tomato, and actually your bread. For me, those are the things that like really make it. Like having having like super super quality ingredients there, and I, that, that there's definitely a place where bacon can shine. That like thicker thicker slab of bacon, right? Maybe 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 not. Maybe you like the that super like tiny thin crispy. No, I like a good flavorless slice of meat there. I went to the steakhouse a couple years ago and ordered a wedge salad. Yeah, and that's obviously like always iceberg. Right? Yep. You can't can't really get the shape of a wedge out of you know some bib lettuce or whatever, but ordered ordered the wedge and you know it was it was topped with chopped bacon and chopped tomato and some croutons and the waiter sets it down in front of me and I said, Oh yes, I love a good BLT. I don't think he got the joke. Kinda went home sad that day. I feel sorry for him. I I really love a good BLT. I don't know, you might want to shut down this podcast after I say this, but I'm always going to put avocado on my BLT. I'm okay with that, honestly. Yeah, I'm okay with that. One of one of our favorite restaurants has just like a killer BLT with with avocado. It's so what do you call so that? Good. BLTA, I guess that's what they call it. You know, BLTA. Uh, they have an aioli that they put on it, and it is fantastic. Which is mayonnaise? With it's a fancy mayonnaise, Phil. It's <laughs> fancy, but yeah, so good. There, there's like one one BLT in my mind that's. I always hold is the ideal. And gosh, Molly made it like several years ago. She got these just absolutely incredible heirloom tomatoes from the farmer's market. You know, the kind that's not like just red. It's like multicolored. Yellow and orange. Yeah, super, super, super fancy. Some green mixed in there. Yeah. yeah. Some green marbling. And it tasted unlike any other tomato that I feel like I've had, which makes me actually want to grow tomatoes because I'm pretty sure that's how they're supposed to taste. So that's, that's one thing that we're kind of thinking about this, this spring is a garden. That might be a little off topic. That's okay because I want to do like a focus on gardening. I want to have a gardening episode. I kind of I kind of love that idea because I feel like I kind of need some ideas. We have like a little bit of a small space in our, our back. Uh, so I want to figure out how to maximize that. But if we could grow tomatoes that were even kind of like the ones that she found, just life changing. But also the bread. I feel like that's a place where like a really good bread can shine as well. You don't you don't want like, you know, like super thin little tasteless foam bread you want at least in in my opinion my preference is like a really nice sourdough man you love your blts <laughs> maybe maybe and i like <laughs> that about you i think that's great but not like not like a sourdough you know not like the sourdough that everybody thinks of as having like this kind of sour milk taste or whatever right i mean like i guess maybe the question is phil what what, what do you think of when you think of a sourdough well first of all do you have a do you have a sourdough starter at your house? No, we actually don't. Mo- most okay, most do of the time we don't. It's kind of one of the things that we want to do this year. But no, we haven't done that ever. Um, what do I think of sourdough? I think of San Francisco. I think of really cold weather. There's this quote that I love by Mark Twain. 
He said, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. <laughs> and that's true. Like, I've been to San Francisco in the summertime, and it's cold. Like, really, 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 really cold. Different, different type of cold, and, for sure. Yeah, which is why San Francisco is amazing, because I love cold weather, which is ironic, given where I live Why now. are you in South Carolina? Yeah, so, but I, I think of soup, and I think of wind, and I don't know. Yeah, I think of San Francisco. What else? I don't think that's where you wanted me to go with that, but... You asked me, and I answered. No, I just feel like over the past several years, my idea of sourdough has changed a little bit. It's become trendier. <gasps> it's going to go the way of bacon. We're going to have, like, sourdough-flavored IPAs. Before Quarantine bread. But, I mean, like, here's the thing. Sourdough isn't, like, always necessarily sour. Actually, the, the bakery that Molly works at, that's all that they make is technically sourdough, so, like, naturally leavened. That, that in and of itself actually could the whole another episode. It should, because I'm not an expert on that. I would like to do some research. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Some empirical research. Like, I want to I want to make it, and then we can talk about it. Sourdough and gardening. Coming up, probably, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think you get to plug social. I've, I've done enough. Mm, yeah, but you're so good. You're so good at saying Dad's Kitchen Go. I don't, I don't even know what you said. What did you say? Um, <clears throat> we want you to rate our, our podcast, whomever you are. Yes. Yeah, I think actually also subscribing, especially on, on Apple podcasts, uh, helps that exposure a lot. We really appreciate everybody that is doing cool things. And this is why you're supposed to do this part, Phil, because I feel like I'm rambling. So if you're a fan of the show, show us, tell us, make something happen and reach out to us on um, on Insta too or any of the social mediums at Dad's Kitchen Co. Do you have a Snapchat, Phil? We should totally have a... Oh gosh, Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs>